Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 30, The New Beginning, with Section 7, The Justification for Forgiveness. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. And we begin a new topic this morning. What is creation? So, in light of our lesson this morning, um, I was directed toward this little poem from Rilke. I don't believe it has a title. Oh, I think it does. Go to the limits of your longing. Listen, God speaks to each of us as he makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sent out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you beauty and terror just keep going no feeling is final don't let yourself lose me nearby is the country they call life you'll know it by its seriousness give me your hand father my freedom is in you alone amen that was good Laurie what was the author's name again uh, Rainer Marie Rilke. Oh, never heard of her. Well, R-I-L-K-E. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Thank that you. was good, Lori. Thank you. I liked it, too. Thank you. That's lovely, Lori. Thank you. Yeah, make big shadows I can move in, he said. Anyway, thanks, you guys. I loved finding that this morning. I had to find it twice because I almost lost it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, here's our reading list this morning. We have Fran, Yvonne, Robin Marie, Jessica, Lana, Lemoyne, Karen, and Micah. We're joined in listening this morning by Patricia, Judy, Diana, and maybe in a little bit, Roz. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning, it's Harrison. I can read if you need me. You bet we do, Harrison. Thank you so much. Okay. So, in Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 7, The Justification for Forgiveness, Paragraph 70. Anger is never justified. 
attack has no foundation. It is here escape from fear begins and will be made complete. Here is the real world given in exchange for dreams of terror. For it is on this forgiveness rests and is but natural. You are not asked to offer pardon where attack is due and would be justified. For this would mean that you forgive a sin by overlooking what is really there. This is not pardon. For it would assume that by responding in a way which is not justified, your pardon will become the answer to attack that has been made. And thus is pardon inappropriate by being granted where it is not due. A friend. Section 7. The Justification for Forgiveness. Paragraph 70. Anger is never justified. Attack has no foundation. It is here escape from fear begins and will be made complete. Here is the real world given in exchange for dreams of terror. For it is on this forgiveness rests and is but natural. You are not asked to offer pardon where attack is due and would be justified. For this would mean that you forgive a sin by overlooking what is really there. This is not pardon. For it would assume that by responding in a way which is not justified, your pardon will become the answer to attack that has been made, and thus is pardon inappropriate, by being granted where it is not due. 71. Pardon is always justified. It has a sure foundation. You do not forgive the unforgivable nor overlook a real attack that calls for punishment. Salvation does not lie in being asked to make unnatural responses which are inappropriate to what is real. Instead, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not occurred. If pardon were unjustified, you would be asked to sacrifice your rights when you return forgiveness for attack. But you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to distress which rests on error and thus calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. Thank you, Fran. And Yvonne. Thank you, Fran, Laurie. Pardon is always justified. It has a sure foundation. You do not forgive the unforgivable, nor overlook a real attack that calls for punishment. Salvation does not lie in being asked to make unnatural responses which are inappropriate to what is real. Instead, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not occurred. If pardon were unjustified, you would be asked to sacrifice your right when you return forgiveness for attack. But you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to stress, which rests on error. Oh, to distress, sorry. I'll read that again. But you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to distress, which rests on error and thus calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. 
This understanding is the only change that lets the real world rise to take the place of dreams of terror. Fear cannot arise unless attack is justified. And if it had a real foundation, pardon would have none. The real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is quite real and fully justified. While you regard it as a gift unwarranted, it must uphold the guilt you would, quote, forgive. Unjustified forgiveness is attack, and this is all the world can ever give. It pardons, quote, sinners sometimes, but remains aware that they have sinned, and so they do not merit the forgiveness that it gives. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Robert Marie. Seventy-two. <clears throat> this understanding is the only thing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this understanding is the only change that lets the real world rise to take the place of dreams of terror. Fear cannot arise unless attack is justified. And if it had a real foundation, pardon would have none. The real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is quite real and fully justified. While you regard it as a gift unwarranted, it must uphold the guilt you would, quote, forgive, unquote. Unjustified forgiveness is attack. And this is all the world can ever give. It pardons, quote, sinners, unquote, sometimes, but remains aware that they have sinned. And so they, and so they do not merit the forgiveness that it gives. 73. This is the false forgiveness which the world employs to keep the sense of sin alive. And recognizing God is just, it seems impossible his pardon could be real. <clears throat> Thus is the fear of God the sure result of seeing pardon as unmerited. No one who sees himself as guilty can avoid the fear of God. But he is saved from this dilemma if he can forgive. The mind must think of its creator as it looks upon itself. If you can see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness is your right as much as his. Nor will you think that God intends for you a fearful judgment which your brother does not merit. For it is the truth that you can merit neither more nor less than he. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jessica. Thank you. 73. This is the false forgiveness which the world employs to keep the sense of sin alive. And recognizing God is just, it seems impossible his pardon could be real. Thus is the fear of God the sure result of seeing pardon as unmerited. No one who sees himself as guilty can avoid the fear of God. But he is saved from this dilemma if he can forgive. 
the mind must think of its creator as it looks upon itself. If you can see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness is your right as much as his. Nor will you think that God intends for you a fearful judgment, which your brother does not merit. For it is the truth that you can merit neither more nor less than he. 74. Forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. This is how you learn that you must be forgiven too. There can be no appearance that cannot be overlooked. For if there were, it would be necessary first there be some sin which stands beyond forgiveness. There would be an error that is more than a mistake, a special form of error which remains unchangeable, eternal, and beyond correction or escape. There would be one mistake which had the power to undo creation and to make a world which would replace it and destroy the will of God. Only if this were possible could there be some appearances which could withstand the miracle and not be healed by it. Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. Okay. Um, forgiveness recognized as merited will lead, will, will heal, I'm sorry. Forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. This is how you learn that you... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to pass. I'm not being able... I'm not able to see very well this morning. I'm sorry, Lori. Oh, that's okay, honey. Um, Thank you. And Lemoyne. Uh, 74. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusion. This is how you learn that you must be forgiven too. There can be no appearance that can not be overlooked. For if there were, it would be necessary first there be some sin which stands beyond forgiveness. There would be an error that is more than a mistake, a special form of error which remains unchangeable, eternal, and beyond correction or escape. There would be one mistake which had the power to undo creation and to make a world which could replace it and destroy the will of God. Only if this were possible could there be some appearances which could withstand the miracle and not be healed by it. There is no surer proof idolatry is what you wish than a belief there are some forms of sickness and of joylessness, forgiveness, 
cannot heal. This means that you prefer to keep some idol and are not prepared as yet to let all idols go. And thus you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. Be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. It always means you think forgiveness must be limited. And you have set a goal of partial pardon and a limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? Thank you, LeMoyne. And Karen. 75. There is no surer proof idolatry is what you wish than a belief there are some forms of sickness and of joylessness forgiveness cannot heal. This means that you prefer to keep some idols and are not prepared as yet to let all idols go. And thus you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. Be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. It always means that you think forgiveness must be limited. And you have set a goal of partial pardon and a limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? 76. It must be true the miracle can heal all forms of sickness or it cannot heal. Its purpose cannot be to judge which forms are real and which appearances are true. If one appearance must remain apart from healing, one illusion must be part of truth. And you could not escape all guilt, but only some of it. You must forgive God's Son entirely, or you will keep an image of yourself that is not whole and will, be, and will remain afraid to look within and find escape from every idol there. Salvation rests on faith. There cannot be some forms of guilt which you cannot forgive. And so there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. Thank you, Karen. And Micah. Okay. Um, just, just a second here. Okay, uh, 76. It must be true the miracle can heal all forms of sickness or it cannot heal. Its purpose cannot be to judge which forms are real and which appearances are true. If one appearance must remain apart from healing, one illusion must be part of truth. And you could not escape all guilt, but only some of it. You must forgive God's Son entirely. 
or you will keep an image of yourself that is not whole and will remain afraid to look within and find escape from every idol there. Salvation rests on faith. There cannot be some forms of guilt which you cannot forgive. And so there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. 77. Look on your brother with the willingness to see him as he is. And do not keep a part of him outside your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole. And what is whole can have no missing parts that have been kept outside. Forgiveness rests on recognizing this and being glad there cannot be some forms of sickness which the miracle must lack the power to heal. Thank you, Micah. And Harrison. Seven, seven. Look on your brother with the willingness to seek him as he is, and do not keep a part of him outside your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole, and what is whole can have no missing parts than have been kept outside. Forgiveness rests on recognizing this and being glad there cannot be some forms of sickness which the miracle must lack the power to heal. 78. God's Son is perfect or he cannot be God's son. Nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. I thank you, Father. I'm sorry. No, please, go ahead, Harrison. We read that last again. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. I thank you, Father, for your perfect son and in his glory will I see my own thank you Harrison so do we have a new reader then for 78 through 80 this is Sandra Go ahead, Sandra. Sandra and Judy, thank you. God's Son is perfect, or he cannot be God's Son. Nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms 
and all its consequences. There is no way to think of him but this if you would know the truth about yourself. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son, and in his glory will I see my own. Here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. And what is this except a simple statement of the truth? Thank you, Sandra. And Judy, if you'd like to do 79 through 81, please. Oh, thank you. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son, and in his glory will I see my own. Here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil that can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. And what is this except a simple statement of the truth? Look on your brother with this hope in you, and you will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. It is not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects, but what you see as having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon, for he has become to you a graven image and a sign of death. Is this your Savior? Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you <coughs> excuse me <laughs> or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Judy. And is there another narrator then to finish with eighty one this morning? New reader for paragraph 81. Okay, back to you, Fran. 81. Look on your brother with this hope in you, and you will understand he could not make an error that could change the the truth in him. It is not difficult to overlook mistakes that have been given no effects. But what you see is having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon. For he has become to you a graven image and a sign of death. Is this your Savior? Is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal for your salvation and deliverance? Mm. Thank you, Fran. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. Such a complete reading. The justification for forgiveness. Just a few places I'd like to especially touch. Uh, Beginning in in paragraph 70. Anger is never justified. Attack has no foundation. 
It is here escape from fear begins and will be made complete. Here is the real world given in exchange for dreams of terror, for it is on this forgiveness rests and is but natural. In 71, pardon is always justified. It has a sure foundation. It merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not occurred. And you are merely asked to see forgiveness as the natural reaction to distress, which rests on error, and this calls for help. Forgiveness is the only sane response. It keeps your rights from being sacrificed. In 72, this understanding is the only change that lets the real world rise to take the place of dreams of terror. The real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is quite real and fully justified. In 73, the fear of God is the sure result of seeing pardon as unmerited. No one who sees himself as guilty can avoid the fear of God. If you can see your brother merits pardon, you have learned forgiveness is your right as much as his. In 74, forgiveness recognized as merited will heal. It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. In 75, be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. It always means that you think forgiveness must be limited and you have set a goal of partial pardon and limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? In 76, salvation rests on faith. There cannot be some forms of guilt which you cannot forgive, and so there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. In 77, look on your brother with the willingness to see him as he is, and do not keep a part of him outside your willingness that he be healed. To heal is to make whole, and what is whole can have no missing parts that have been kept outside. In 78, God's Son is perfect, or he cannot be God's Son, nor will you know him if you think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son, and in his glory I will see my own. Here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. And in 81, look on your brother with this hope in you, and you will understand he could not make an error that could change the truth in him. What you see, but what you see is having power to make an idol of the Son of God, you will not pardon, for he has become to you a graven image. Is this your Savior? Is, it, is his father wrong about his son? Or have you been deceived in him who has been given you to heal 
for your salvation and deliverance. Amen. The floor is open. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for that. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Such a nice job you did. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. This is Micah. I, it, I, I had two um, profound kind of shifts or movements while we were reading this section. And the, the first movement started in paragraph 71. Salvation does not lie in being asked to make unnatural responses which are inappropriate to what is real. Instead, it merely asks that you respond appropriately to what is not real by not perceiving what has not, by not perceiving what has not occurred. And um, that just, just turned the lens of awareness in the direction of this mind that we are. This mind that's very powerful to create a dream of uh, time and space and and it's literally like a mirage on the desert with these figures moving about and uh, matter of fact let me read a, a nice quote here let's see hang on just a minute maybe less but um, I should have been a little more prepared. Here we go. Right here. Thank you. Um, you know, what if you recognize this world is a hallucination? What if you really understood you made it up? What if you realize that those who seem to walk about in it to sin and die, attack and murder, and destroy themselves are wholly unreal? And that's the, that's the power of this mind to create a world. And, um, and, and then the reality of what we truly are is this unified mind. And then it was kind of re-strengthened. That movement was strengthened to look in that direction in paragraph 72. Um Let's see, the real world arises to take the place of dreams of terror. And a little further on, the real world is achieved when you perceive the basis of forgiveness is quite real and fully justified. And when we move into that mind, we literally we see and experience this world as holographic creation of, of that mind. It's a whole different reality. Um, And let's see. Down in 74, forgiveness recognizes as as merited, merited will heal. 
It gives the miracle its strength to overlook illusions. This is just the, the dance of, of maya, you know, of, uh, and it feels like when I'm body identified and into the Petri dish, you know, and, and identified in some kind of whatever it is, moss or a bacteria or whatever, you know, it, it, it all seems so real, you know, to be this identified in this body and yet that's the miracle is to be lifted up into the mind and look at a world that is holographic in nature. But that, that was the first movement and the second one was kind of you know interesting because I've I've come across somebody who was very badly abused as a child and uh, quite a few times too by different people and very brutally too and and um and he suffered a lot in other ways too and um he he to, for self protection he took on martial arts and uh and as he got older he he realized he was going into a darkness of power you know initially it was just to protect himself and he started doing a little a dance with dark forces you know and and then he realized that uh you know love and forgiveness was what was important but his mother was into uh the darkness too and uh there were uh strange things that would occur in their house you know and and uh but so there's this strange energy about him you know you can feel his suffering and yet you feel this light of love and forgiveness that is another part of him and i and i notice i have a little bit of an uneasiness about about those powers like he he just the other night these devils attacked him in 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 his dreams and he actually got marks on his body and he showed me a, a picture of one of these um a friend of him has the same phenomenon going on and showed parts of like his hand that had been you know attacked by one of these forces you know and 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 it made me kind of unsettled because it was like wow this is you know a a dark world and then and then i i started to get the feeling no this is even even though there's priests and high people that you know fight the the darkness and all that i it just felt like no it's about seeing it's all god you know and and i and i just kept feeling that and it woke that anxiety kind of woke me up at night i mean last night and i just was kind of in a subtle state of fear about things i don't understand uh of these other powers and and um so I got up and started reading the Course in Miracles and, and it wasn't long before I came into a strong place again where, you know, it's all God. And and that's that was highlighted here in paragraph seventy five where uh let's see, and thus you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. I mean, even witchcraft and all that stuff is just—it's just the Maya. It's—it's it's the dance of illusion. And here's this holy mind, 
and, and this holiness of everyone. Now, be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others are. And then a little further on in paragraph 76, it must be true the miracle can heal all forms of sickness or it cannot heal. Its purpose cannot be to judge which forms are real and which appearances are true. If one appearance must remain apart from healing, one illusion must be part of truth. And then um, towards the bottom of that paragraph, let's see, where was that? Um, And so there cannot be appearances which have been replaced. No, and so there cannot be appearances which have replaced the truth about God's Son. And it's just this movement into not, don't even look at the darkness. You know, just see the light behind it. And and then that's how it's dispelled. So, um, anyway, uh, let's see, one last thing. Here is the, in uh, paragraph 80, here's the joyful statement. There are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. Like even even our nightmares of, of darkness, and you know, I could see it was like a deep propensity in the human nature to go into fearful powers, you know, and and in the unknown, and that's our fantasy and, and attraction to horror movies and stuff, you know. Anyhow, but it's all the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. Okay, I'm done. Thanks. Thank you, Micah. Uh, Thank you, Micah. Oh, thank you, Micah. That was wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Micah. Thank you. Thank you. It was really good application. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Um, I've been through stuff in my life, like he suggested, uh, that happened in my life uh, in past years and in my in the, a couple of this apartment and the apartment I used to be in uh, 12 years ago. But um, it doesn't happen anymore. And I feel like I brought my vibration up to a vibration of love. God is love. And um, um, negative beings and energy cannot, if they're completely in the negative, they can't stand love they, at that point. Uh, so they disappear to try to find somebody else who uh, who is in a lower rate of vibration. That That's just the relative truth that I learned when I was going through all this. And uh, so, like I said, that doesn't happen to me anymore, and I hardly agree with what Micah said that, uh, I guess you quoted from the Course that no forms of evil can um, can stand um, um, the love and the power of God, which is love with a capital L, you know. The only form of love there, love there really is, the Course says that. Uh, so um, I'm very happy to report that 
Um, I still work energetically once a week in my in my apartment to help me and the other people who live here. But um, um, I'm happy to report that kind of stuff just does not happen anymore. I'm so glad. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, that was great. That's Ida. really great to hear, Ida. Thank you, Thank Ida. You, Ida. Mm-hmm. Well, and what a great segue to um, freedom. So, Fran, with our gratitude, will you lead us again this morning in our lesson? Please? Sure. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we're on a new theme, What is Creation? And today's lesson is Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. I shall read some from What is Creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts, in number infinite and everywhere, without all limits. Only love creates and only like itself. There was no time when all that it created was not there, nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any change. God's thoughts are given all the power that their creator has, for he would add to love by its extension. Creation is the opposite of all illusions, for creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God, for in creation is his will complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. We are creation. We, the sons of God. We seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there still is certainty. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. I did not understand what made me free, nor what my freedom is, nor where to look to find it. Father, I have searched in vain until I heard your voice directing me. Now I would guide myself no more, for I have neither made nor understood the way to find my freedom. But I trust in you, you who endowed me with my freedom as your holy son, will not be lost to me. Your voice directs me, and the way to you is opening and clear to me at last. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Father, it is my will that I return. Today we answer for the world, which will be freed along with us. How glad are we to find our freedom through the certain way our Father has established And how sure is all the world's salvation when we learn our freedom can be found in God alone. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 321. 
Father, my freedom is in you alone. Your voice directs me, and the way to you is opening and clear to me at last. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Father, it is my will that I return. Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, friend. Thank you so much, friend. That was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. That was very beautiful. Patricia here sharing this morning something so powerful and well every word you all shared and read and the silence in it is what I get called for this is kind of my uh, prayer time I've got uh, this month as learning to listen through silence this month so I value the focus and uh, the narrative being the healing the permanent freedom I appreciate that sentence so much and the way Micah highlighted it the narrative even the narrative we use when we're sharing and saying someone is self-destructing or another is in a darkened place or any narrative I have found, silence tells me, if that narrative has the least bit of judgment or a victim in it, it's not true. Go to the source. 
allow yourself to stop pretending and lying, Patricia. So it gets this really direct kind of with the theme of the world right now, sort of warrior voice this month, my silent uh, Christ's voice speaks directly to me. So this minute I'm being called to say something I didn't even know and my ego is frightened a bit. The direct connection to God, the same as the writer of this Course in Miracles, the same as the Christ that walked with the two feet in the hand that holds me now. That direct source came to me clearly that had always been. And it's been very difficult, even in this group, to have room for the author of The Course in Miracles to have the equal direct communication that each of you and I do. And yet the narrative tells me Stay with that place where people judge you, Patricia, because you've got to be honest. The narrative, when you go to the source, is freedom permanent from all judgment, and it's the constant love. Well, I just that you know this because it's such a stretch. You see, I hear that in your voices. No different than the writer and the pandemic, the poetic rhythm of whatever. The narrative that judges is not true. The silence is so informative. On a simple, practical level, I've been asked, I want you simply to know the power of this, Patricia, on a day-to-day basis. When you hear second-hand information, stop pretending it's real. When you hear somebody telling you what they heard or read from an expert or what the facts were, and they're telling you their second-hand information. Watch it the way you watch a movie, honey. Don't pretend. Second-hand information is true. Go to a source of anything you want to learn. So I got given two things to go research. And if I stopped and said, this is boring, then we'll then just let go. When that subject's brought up, admit, you haven't gone to the source yet, Patricia. Just say, I haven't researched it yet. Well, I took on the challenge every day this month. I've been learning, for example, the origins of Russia way back before, and I learned the birth, I'm studying the birth of Putin. And the other thing I'm studying is every little element that created the cell phone that we're using and how it's showing me the energy fields and the sources. Going to any subject, just remembering 
I'm being told this month. If you want to know the source and it's something you've got a judgment for, go to a source in any way. The source of milk or anything. The source, the narrative, it will show you the perfection that only this eternal vision can. It's so true what you're saying. These stories we create, they're not real. They're lucid. Young people are putting headsets on so they can turn and see a tree to the right and a lion to the left, and they know their agency inside. And they take the headset off, and they turn to the right, and they see their mother, and they go, I'm inventing that story. So I can let the story be what I want. And they turn to the left, and they don't have their little virtual headset on, and they see their father. And they say, that, you know, I could say that's a lion, but when my headset's on the virtual world, it is a lion. I won't go on to complicate things. The source, you are the source. Don't take secondhand information. Let it be the movie you're watching. Thank you. That was really phenomenal. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. So open-hearted. Thanks, Patricia. This is Wendy. Um, the days when I sat with a channeler, Spirit told us, you have a book inside you. Anything you want to know, you can ask and get the truth. I'm complete. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. This is Jessica, and... um, You know, this section is so beautiful and powerful. Um, As course students, of course, we know that forgiveness is is our, is our, here comes my cat again. Every time I go sit down, she has to come sit on top of me, and then I have to get up, and then she comes back. Anyway, um, it's like, it's like forgiveness. It's got to keep coming back, you know. We can't, we can't say, you know, it's it's all day long. It's everything that happens. Everything is for forgiveness, and and it's not even just a simple exercise that I'm doing in order to have peace. It's a powerful, powerful healing tool, which is what we're told in this section. That um, I didn't uh, keep keep it up. I mean, the section in front of me, but. I just kept on being reminded, like, pow, it is, it is 
uh, it wields the power of God to heal. Forgiveness does. And it seems like such a gentle, I mean, it is a tremendously gentle tool that I can employ. And the way that I uh, generally do it is that I just ask to see things differently. I ask the Holy Spirit to show me how to look at something. And that in and of itself, that is forgiveness because I'm letting go of my attachment to some sort of like guilt or sin in myself or someone else or in the manifestation of something. So when I ask to see it differently, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes I get some, I, def, I always get some adjustment in my scent, in my state of comfort with what's happening in my moment. But sometimes I also get um, little bits of truth and sometimes they come in the middle of the night when I wake up to go to the bathroom and, and it's guidance, you know. Um, but the healing is the, the gentle truth of forgiveness is that you know, like he says here, and I'm not going to use the exactly the right words, but that nothing is is left out. Everything is part of it. Um, when your brother um, and look at look at yourself as you are. If if you if I um, accept who I truly am forgiveness and that is healing because I'm walking around throughout the day thinking of myself as other things you know as like wounded or ill or you know unfairly treated or um, pitiful in some way or lacking or inadequate in some way and none of those are all ego manifestations of of doubt and you know and when he says that um that if you, if i if i think of anyone as not perfect then i'm uh what does he say something about i'm i'm either attacking god or i'm not I'm fearing God, you know, either one or the other, you know, and I know that's true. I've experienced it. So what we're being offered in this, in this uh, book is, is the power of total transformation into the truth of healing and wholeness. <laughs> I know you guys know that. Just thought I'd say it out loud. Thank you for listening. I'm complete. Boy, I really enjoyed that, Jessica. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Thank, thank you, Jessica. Jessica. Mm-hmm. Can't be said out loud enough. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jessica. Good morning, this is Sandra. <clears throat> and... Um, I am I have I have a challenge and I'm going to open it up 
if it's appropriate. You know, I'm not here and I'm being told that, I, that I'm not capable of judging because I don't see the whole picture. And I get that. And I accept that. And I get that I, that I am a thought in God's mind and that thought was given um, freedom. Freedom either to extend love God's love or to extend fear and I'm also being told that if I choose to extend fear that I'm not going to be judged for it and what I've observed in our species called humanity is that there are some who wouldn't consider even extending fear it doesn't make them feel good to extend fear and and because God's plan for us is perfect happiness and because I think that's built into us to want to be happy joyous and free um, what I've discerned is that some people actually are happy and joyous in extending uh, fear it actually they actually they get off on it as much as I get off on extending love and um, and and because we live in a free will zone they I, I can't judge them and and it, it that's a challenge for me I know that it's not what I want it's I want I want to be free but the fact this is this is actually a hook it's hooking me <laughs> so that I don't have freedom because there's part of me that just can't accept that I have to allow others who want to extend fear and who actually have fun doing it they get off on it that I that I'm I just can't judge it and and that sort of makes me not be able to do something about it too so that's my dilemma and um, if it's appropriate I'd like to open that up I'm complete Patricia gets asked quickly well which role do you choose the one that uh, enjoys being frightened or the one that enjoys being loving which role and you're choosing because you're both thank you Mm -hmm. So then I bless the other one. I bless them. Thank you for playing that role because I am so glad I don't have to. I stay clear. (laughs) I'm so grateful I don't have to. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Patricia. Yeah, thank you, Patricia. It's Lana. And, you know, that is a dilemma, you know, and if we could do it ourselves and not have it be a challenge there would be no need for miracle it takes when i'm stuck in a darkness of anger or sadness or judgment whatever label i put on it there's no way in hell i'm going to think about love <laughs> but i can want it you know i can 
I can <clears throat> recognize that peace would be a lot better of an experience than what I'm feeling now. And uh, thank goodness that's all God asks of us is that willingness to see differently. And then the miracle actually does the shift in my mind so the awareness of, of love can return. And for me, within that awareness of love, you know, I, I can, you know, I can look past anything, um, but without love, um, I am a victim of the world I see because that's what I believe is true. So, and, and, I, and for me, that's what the mind training is, is to remember that, to remember that of myself as an ego identity, I'm up the creek without a paddle, you know. But through the miracle afforded us through forgiveness, I can, I can change, you know. It, and I think it's in the manual for teachers. It says that um, mind is the activating agent of spirit. So even though it's split between light and darkness, I can always choose the light. And in that, making that choice, it activates the spirit within me, the spirit of love, where I can actually see again beyond the opinions and judgments and um, logic of the ego thought system. I can see beyond that uh, to what's truly there, um, the love of God. So, but I... I feel you, Sandra. I know that place. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Hannah. Thank so you. So true. Um, if I could do it myself, there'd be no need for a miracle. That was a real nugget. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead, here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> you go first, please. <laughs> All right. You're a tough one. Um, great chairs, great lesson, great tax reading. Um, first the checks um, I read 78 and 79 and that was good for me and with your indulgence I'd like to just read them again God's son is perfect, or he cannot be God's son. And what comes to mind is there is only God's son. And if there is only God's son, and that's who we are, selectively, then we must be perfect. 
that's where I have to start with everything, is to recognize my perfection. And when I start from there, and I recognize that there is only God's Son, only God's Son, and I am only God's Son, and my brothers and sisters are only God's Son. And all of us, as we look at each other and think of each other, are perfect. Nor will we know him, God's son, if, nor will I know him, if I think he does not merit the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. As, as we were sharing, and as, especially as I listened to Micah uh, talking about the abuse that uh, his acquaintance experienced. I thought of this. Every one of God's son, all of us, merits the escape from guilt in all its forms and all its consequence. There is no way to think of him but this, if you would know the truth about yourself. So how I think about my brother and what I believe to be the truth about my brother I'm condemning myself to that same truth. But there's a way out. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son. And in his glory will I see my own. It's the only way out of this craziness of this painful experience is to accept that all of us, including the abuser, the attacker, I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son, and in his glory will I see my own. Boy, have I had to work on that. 
because throughout my experience here as a body, I could identify abusers. Um, And it's it's what keeps me from experiencing total and complete joy, total and complete happiness in spite of what seems to be going on around me. He said it in our reading, here is the joyful statement that there are no forms of evil which can overcome the will of God. The glad acknowledgement that guilt has not succeeded by your wish to make illusions real. Therein lies my problem. If I see anything that is harmful or hurtful or any form of attack, then it all stems from my wish to make illusions real. And this is a simple statement of the truth. That's challenging for us because we're so used to seeing this illusion, this life as real. But it's an illusion. It's not true. The only thing that is true is who we are as God created us. Every one of us, whatever label we put on anyone else, uh, abuser, attacker, uh, desperate, you name it. Behind that label is the truth of who we are and the truth of who our brother is. Today's lesson provides me the way to freedom. I acknowledge at the beginning that I didn't understand what made me free, nor what my freedom is, nor where to look to find it. I've searched in vain until I heard your voice directing me. 
Now would I guide myself no more. For I had neither made nor understood the way to find my freedom. There must be another way. I no longer want to be directed by the ego thought system. I want to hear the voice of God because only the voice of God can lead me home. Home is where peace is. Home is where joy is. Home is where I am in truth, in reality. He says in the lesson, but I trust in you. You who endowed me with my freedom as your holy son will not be lost to me. Your voice directs me, and the way to you is opening and clear to me at last. My freedom is in you alone. And it's my will that I return to you. I was wrong. I choose freedom. The freedom that comes from reuniting my will with God. How glad we are to find our freedom through the certain way our Father has established. How sure is all the world's salvation when we learn our freedom can be found in God alone. Forgiveness. Releasing my brother from the prison house of guilt. If I see my brother as guilty, I'm seeing myself as guilty. If I see my brother as an abuser, I'm seeing myself as an abuser. I'm bound. If I keep my brother in the prison house, I'm there with him. But if I set my brother free in my mind, I set myself free as well. That was just so clear and beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thank you so much, Harrison. Oh, that was gorgeous, Harrison. Thank you. That was awesome, Harrison. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harrison. It was so inspired. Thank you.
Judy. Well, time's moving on. Does anybody else want to share? Lori Lemoyne. I just um, want to thank Harrison and everyone for their shares. I um, I love it. I love the way he he so clearly um, explains what I understand to be a holy encounter. As I see my brother, I see myself. As I think about my brother, I think about myself. As I as I um, as I see them, I either find myself or lose myself. Myself to the truth or to an illusion of myself. So the, the importance of, of me recognizing, and um, it's so clearly explained in the reading today, how anger is never justified, that um, anger is always an interpretation, a judgment, a selectivity of um, portions or, or part partial partial facts, you know, separated out and judged as being not belonging or um, um, that there's a reason reason to attack that the and then that um, pardon's always justified. But it comes from, for me, and the parts that Micah read earlier, that we don't judge the dream, because the dream is not real. The world is not real. Our images that we've made of ourselves, an idol to ourselves as being bodies is not real. Our being lies in the one mind that God created us as, a thought, merely a thought, a merely a thought in his mind, and a lovable thought and a loving thought. And true communication, true creation exists in that perfect kingdom of God. That reality with the capital R is God's, as he created it to be. Like, I love it the way Harrison always shares this. I have to begin from what the book teaches me in the beginning of the book. That God's, that reality is God's, it's unalterable, unchangeable, that, you know, this belief that we are bodies was a distorted use of perception, that perception came to be to make the body a perceiver and that the body being a perceiver needed something to perceive, objects of perception. There's a perceiver and there's objects of perception, which made the world arise. And seeing everything as distinct and different and separate. And that's the dream of judgment. That's the dream of perception. What is salvation but to be saved from perception? And salvation is the change, the change in our self-perception. So we have to go back to the beginning, to the very beginning. Who created me and how I was created, what my reality is, and how that is changeless and, and unalterable. So I am purely mind in the service of the spirit of love. I am love itself. God is love itself. I am as God is. End of story. No more story. All this other stuff is just a story to try and define and explain what the ego thinks it is. 
and none of it is true. Not one belief in the whole world is true. The world is propaganda for itself to validate a false self-appraisal of who we think we are. We are. You are not who you think you are. If you think you're a body, separate mind in a separate world, looking at other separate people, that is the dream. That is what we need to wake up from. And so that anything I do or say as a separate person has no meaning. It's absolutely meaningless. Good or bad, whatever attributes you give it, it's a false sense of self. And it does not share the attributes or the quality of the Christ. Being the one perfect son is being Christ consciousness. I and my Father are one. In that oneness, I know myself only as is my Father is. Purely love, purely loving thoughts, purely helpful thoughts, purely beautiful thoughts, excellent thoughts, thoughts worthy of praise and joy and sharing the joy that wants to share itself as itself. Join together as one in unity, in a state of grace, where I cannot be touched, I cannot be harmed, nothing can change this. And knowing myself as that, I have nothing to fear. There's no fear in me. Fearlessness, fear does not exist. But I have to look within and see myself as God created me, to see myself through God's eyes looking at me. Where do I find it? I do not find myself in the world. I cannot find myself in the world. I cannot find myself outside of myself, myself with a capital S, that self-awareness of being the unshakable being, the intimacy of the oneness of God, God with everything, every living thing he created, in love as itself. Everything is a call for love to be itself, in love with itself. Being in love, being a love being, being a light being, and seeing only that. The, um, you know, this whole thing about um, false forgiveness is, is saying the world is real, that the body is real that what you do to other bodies is real, that you can blow bodies up and it hurts and it's, and it's all the false perceptions of, identify, of a mistaken self-appraisal. We can't judge it because it's not true. What is real cannot be threatened. What is true cannot be threatened. The truth is everywhere. For vision to see, for the one voice to reveal to me in my heart of hearts what is true cannot be threatened and what is not true does not exist. Herein lies the peace of God. It's at peace with itself. It knows itself and its grace and its unity. So the world of perception, the world's got to be given up. Every belief I have about the world is not true. Anything I think about the world or think in the world the mind must think of its creator as it looks upon itself. That's clear. It's one simple statement in the text today. And my brother merits pardon as I perceive him because what I perceive of him is not true. That's why he merits pardon. He doesn't deserve to be judged. He simply doesn't deserve to be judged. 
Forgiveness recognizes merit. Merit must heal. And the true miracle, miracle is just another word for a correction of a mistaken self-appraisal. I'm corrected because I was mistaken in who and what I thought I was, and which is a form of sickness. To, to think I'm a body is sick. It's sick. <laughs> so miracles' purposes cannot be to judge which forms are real and which appearances are true. One appearance, if one appearance, one appearance in this dream remains apart from healing, one illusion must be part, part of truth. So only the truth is true and nothing but the truth is true and everything that is not true is false and does not exist in the mind of God. So we must forgive it. God's one perfect son entirely or you will keep an image of yourself that's not whole and you know it's an idol to ourselves. thinking we're a body is an idol to ourselves. and the idol of the world all the idols in the world validate that seeking idols in the world validating the idol of that I am a body it's one and the same thing it can't be separate and that must be understood it must be understood that I am an idol of, to myself, and what I think is true is its reality is I would define it. God's reality is beyond symbols, beyond words, beyond images. It's twice removed. All all thoughts and and ideas and images of the world are twice removed from reality. Says so, so in the text, and the wholeness and the perfection, and the one, oneness. You know, it's, there's nothing to choose between. There's nothing to decide between. There's no distinctions, no, no differences. It's indistinguishable. It's one perfect light, one perfect truth, one perfect wholeness, one oneness. There's no distinctions, no lips to speak words of di- differences or distinctions. It's indistinguishable from itself. I thank you, Father, for your perfect Son. Your glory, His glory, I will see my own, and His glory is my freedom. Is my freedom. Here, whoa, whoa. I talk long enough. A few minutes left. Sorry if I went on too long. I'm in full, full tilt joy today and full release for all my brothers. Full, limitless joy for the for the release of the whole entire world from this disaster and this horror and this terror that we've made. We've made an image to God knows what. <laughs> he doesn't know it. <laughs> Thank you. I love you all. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Till joy. I like it. Hmm. Judy, what I heard you say, and, and this is Sandra, because I, I think I got an answer to my question, was that it's a, it's a choice of mine to feel fear. And if, I, if I'm totally aligned with the truth of who I am, there is no fear. Because what's my greatest fear would be fear of death. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I believe that I don't die. I drop the body. 
what's the big deal about dropping the body? And that was the, the model that Jesus betrayed as well. He didn't show any fear with what was happening to him. In fact, he just radiated love. <laughs> and that's probably what is going to turn the darkness into light, is just radiate love to the darkness and it'll turn to light. I'm complete. Mm, that was great, Sandra. Yes, I love lot. that, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. So, so powerful, Sandra. And the script, I love that line, that's what you said about the script, because that's the ego, and the ego writes the fearful script. And who's the author of reality? And that's the authority problem. And we're mistaken mm. in the fact that we can do make something other or change how God created us to be. That's our perfect protection. That's our perfect comfort. That's our perfect safety. And that's what we trust and rely upon and what keeps us honest and whole and and loving and true. If you just keep your stand, your feet in it. (laughs) We don't have any feet. Just keep your heart steadfast. Amen. Thank you, sister. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, what a great call this has been. And what a great section. It it encapsulates the entire course. (laughs) The justification for forgiveness. Well, it's the only sane response to distress. You know, the same response to distress. In other words, we're all healers. We are all called to be healers. Accepting first the healing of my mind and then extending that healing through the embrace of truth. Um, I think I wanted uh, today to talk about freedom and to talk about joy. And um, somebody somebody put a question on Facebook one time that I thought was a wonderful question for me to uh, take into inquiry that would lead me to my natural self. And the question was, what if you were at the gate of heaven to open it for the very last soul to arrive. You're there to open to the very last soul who would arrive. What would you say? And instantly, it comes to mind, doesn't it? Instantly, it comes to mind. It comes to mind that I'm so glad. I'm so glad you made it. Um, and, And I think of it that way because I think of freedom like that. Freedom is is um, freedom is interior. It's it's the inner picture. It's the inner life. It's the inner certainty of awareness of the presence of God. And there's a natural um, feeling about that that is such that it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work 
It really does. It takes a lot of work to disturb that. It seems as if it's being disturbed all the time, but it's only disturbed when I forget that there's nothing outside of me that satisfies my need for peace. There's nothing outside of me that sets a condition for my happiness. It's an inside job. It's a total inside job. And when that inside job is reflected to the world, what is there that stands outside forgiveness? To whom would I say, you're not welcome here? I, I wouldn't do that. And, and that's what he means by natural. Freedom is the only sane response to distress. For, or forgiveness. Forgiveness rests uncertainty and it's natural he says in that first paragraph it doesn't make error real it doesn't say no you're not welcome here it doesn't say oh, I'm fine all by myself uh, I won't have you that's that takes a lot of work I used to have a little psych professor who I just really loved and and she used to say all the time all behavior is meaningful all behavior is meaningful and when I find someone who has such a lack of peace that um, that they can't be in touch with the truth I have a natural response and way back in principles for miracles he says it's the privilege it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive if I want to know joy well, I will let forgiveness take the shadow off the world if I want joy I will let forgiveness take the shadow of myself if I want to know um, real joy I'll ask the Holy Spirit what is the truth of what I see I, I think I'm going to go just straight to this in chapter 4 he says and he says it here in what is creation the sum of all God's God's thoughts complete the whole in every part that's creation creation is in natural communication with itself it reflects the love of source who am I I am God's son shining in the reflection of his love and when my mind is clear it's only the clear correction clear reflection of truth that I'll perceive this is why he says creation and communication are the same to create and to communicate are the same and creation is naturally in communication in loving awareness because it's all contained within the love of God everything all creation contained in the mind of God what I say to any aspect of creation no you're not welcome here no I would never do that in a hundred years he wants me to know in a thousand years in a thousand lifetimes he wants me to know that's the truth of me and if it's the truth of me I'll have a natural response of communication with you way back in chapter 4 he says all creation is in communication 
He calls that state being. Being. Being is completely without distinctions of judgment. Who is to be worth communicating? It's a state in which the mind is in communication with everything that is real, including the soul, which is capitalized. To whatever extent you permit this state to be curtailed, you are limiting your sense of your own reality, which becomes total only by recognizing all reality in the glorious context of its real relationship to you. This is your reality. Do not desecrate it or recoil from it. Harrison, thank you for the word home. This is your real home, your real temple, your real capital self. The real capital self, our true self, is holy beyond imagination. It can't be conceived, this holiness. But one thing we know for certain about holiness is that it must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. So naturally, if I'm at the gate of heaven for the very last soul who comes home, what would I say, but I'm so glad you found this place. Welcome, welcome, welcome. A declaration of freedom that inner happiness is reflected in truth why why so many bodies then he says if there's one perfect teacher he has accepted atonement for himself why so many bodies because we need to be able to relate to each other Christ has no body I'm glad I can lend him mine you know he needs us he needs our hands and feet he needs our hearts. He needs our minds. So that together, when that last soul becomes aware of heaven here and now, <laughs> we'll have no other response but you make me complete. I cannot find myself alone. The idea that I'm alone is um, what makes this world what it is. But the fact that none of us are alone, that we are contained in and contain each other under an umbrella of holiness, makes this life, this present, this moment now, holy. The world beyond forgiveness is holy. And divine abstraction takes joy in application. That's what he means by forgiveness. Every time I welcome, every time I welcome someone who's already in my heart, I feel happy. I feel happy beyond belief. I need set no condition or requirement that someone meet for my happiness. My happiness includes all of creation some of all God's thoughts immeasurable anyway um, it's a privilege of the forgiven to forgive and complete thank you Lori thank you, thank you.
I guess I finished. I finished Thank a little you, premature. Uh, I finished a little premature because I was given very. I had a page of things I wanted to talk about today, but when I walk down the stairs like I do every morning, I always say, "I don't know anything. I don't know anything." What do you want to be known? And this morning I had very specific instructions. Um, it was two paragraphs. One from chapter 13, before you make any decisions for yourself, remember you've decided against your function in heaven. And consider carefully whether you want to make decisions here. Your function here is to decide against deciding what you want, a recognition that you do not know. How then can you decide what to do? Leave all decisions to the capital one who speaks for God and for your function as he knows it. So will he teach you to remove the awful burden you have laid upon yourself by loving not the Son of God and trying to teach him guilt instead of love? Give up this frantic and insane attempt which cheats you of the joy of living with your God and Father and awakening gladly to his love and holiness which join together as the truth in you, making you one with him. And in addition to that, could you but realize for a single instant the power of healing that the reflection of God shining in you can bring to all the world, you would not wait to make the mirror of your mind clean to receive the image of holiness that heals the world. The image of holiness which shines in your mind is not obscure and will not change. Its meaning to those who look upon it is not obscure, for everyone perceives it as the same. All bring their different problems to its healing light, but all their problems are met only with healing there. In this world you can reflect earth or heaven, God or the ego. Keep the mirror of your mind clean and clear of all the images of hidden darkness you've drawn upon it. God will shine upon it of himself. Reflections are seen in light. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Great call. Wasn't it just a great call? The whole course in one section. (laughs) Totally. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) 